Christy to sit before you and hear what you have to say to us because we know it's good and it works and it's right so we thank you Lord for rightness righteousness and all of the things that we need in this life and we bless you for it Lord in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 so today we're going to talk about the consider knots I think it was last week we talked about the stagger knots so I'm a stagger knot, you're a stagger knot. This is Mr. and Mrs. Stagger knot here. We're pleased to meet you. And they're cousins the consider knots. So <laughs> So we're all one big family. Isn't that nice? We have within us the blood that causes us to consider not and to stagger not. <clears throat> So it's a good thing. In Romans 4 again we're talking about the faith of Abraham. Uh, The Abraham brand of faith. So we know there are different brands of products don't we. It would be nice if there was just one. But there is a (laughs) different brand. So now we got to make choices. I was thinking uh, uh, I was going down the aisle in the looking at cereal and I thought how simple it would be if we didn't have so many choices (laughs) we long for mother Russia (laughs) not much free choice there you get one cereal there right I want cereal here it is it's over but um, too much free choice here but you know it takes you 30 minutes down the aisle if you you know if you got consider everything so <clears throat> so it's good to consider not I guess that's where a shopping list comes in handy you just consider <laughs> consider what's on your list and don't really go shopping for choice but it is important that we stay with the Abraham brand of faith because that was the brand that is the brand that was delivered to the saints well, that's what was given to us in our covenant with God to use in our transactions with God and in between earth and heaven and so we'll need faith as long as we're on this earth you know we'll need to believe and call those things that be not as though they are and to believe God for things that are do not yet appear and so faith really is necessary for the things that do not yet appear that are contrary to the word of God you know there are a lot of situations here that don't line up with God's word and faith is very necessary to see that change that will come about where they <clears throat> where God's word manifests so don't ever get stuck in your believing where you think something won't happen and you get yourself in neutral where you're not moving toward anything and not believing God for anything we have to keep our faith active and alive and so one of the ways that we keep it active and alive is to keep it zeroed in and focused in on what God's given us and not what the circumstances are and trying to figure out why the circumstances are the way they are and all of that you'd have to answer questions from thousands of years ago (laughs) to come up with that and there are many many people who think that's that's faith is you know talking about what's wrong with things and why they don't change and what's the matter so forth and so on Uh, but that has nothing to do with God's faith so in Romans chapter 4 
We can start in verse 13. It says for the promise that he should be heir of the world. Isn't that amazing? Because God never really said it like that. But when you talk about when you think about him eventually uh, fathering a race of people who would be sons of God. If your daddy owns the whole world then you're going to inherit it. So the, the final heirs of this earth are the believers. And so <clears throat> it says he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith. So it looks like you have an inheritance through the law in a natural sense but you have a greater one by faith. It's a greater inheritance. This is why there are people that say like the Hollywood types or the rich people or the wealthy people, people with this world's goods, don't don't want don't like the trade off. They have to get rid of the natural in order to get the the supernatural or to get the the uh, the righteous one, the righteous inheritance by faith. It says for they which are of the law be heirs, and faith is made void. And we know that faith works in spite of religion, doesn't it? There are many people in religious dead churches, and if they would use their faith to trust God, they get saved in a dead church. And so, in 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 spite of their denomination, uh, those powers don't really have a hold on people unless they don't venture out beyond that you know you you see how religion is it tends to want to pin people down and hem them in and not let them have freedom we don't believe this we don't believe that keep that out of it don't give me that don't touch that don't eat that a lot of laws to keep you isolated from the freedom that you have in just talking to God you know if people would quit the denominationalism and just talk to God you'd find out who you really are so really religion the kind of hold it has on people is not I would say an everlasting hold it's not a strong hold because God can still if say for instance if you got a friend that's Catholic or Baptist or whatever, you can still pray and ask God. God enlighten their mind, open their eyes up, and God will go. And pretty soon, all the restrictions that the denomination held them in are gone because they have freedom to to communicate with God. So faith is more powerful just because everybody has access to it. See, the law would would tend to put uh, a denominational title on top of you to oppress you and keep you hemmed in to that way of thinking and believing. But all it needs is one person with faith to say, well, that's not right. I mean, I, (laughs) I don't want my family bound in denominationalism because their denomination doesn't believe that God heals today. So I want my people healed. So I'm going to pray for them to be enlightened and God to come in and and faith moves that out of the way. Because it's stronger because it has an everlasting power to it. So anything from this world is temporary being temporal and can be removed by faith. It's the same thing for the old Jewish law. It was weak because it could be moved 
by faith. <laughs> you just come in a minute and believe God for something and all those laws and restrictions flew out of the window. You got me? And so when, when people and then God understands that faith is going to be there accessible to people anyway. But he imposed the law to teach people what was right and what was wrong. You know it, it just is necessary. But you can't live out of that. You know the, 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 the things that were contrary to us were just to they weren't meant to be lived. It was meant to drive you to say I can't do this where's my savior that's what it did was done for and so anybody who was honest with themselves cried out for the savior the Pharisees weren't honest they told people they were doing the law liars (laughs) so there was sin in the church there's always been sin in the church and so there they were teaching doctrine you know that was hard for anybody to live up to and they said they lived up to it so whatever what can you say but faith because it comes first and it's available to everybody is much stronger than the law so so if they which are of the law be heirs faith is made void and the promises of none effect but because the law works wrath for there were no there's no law there's no transgression you didn't know you were a sinner until the law came and, and let you know you were. This is like you know if you see your your uh, speedometer goes up to 120 and you put your the foot to that, you'll do that driving everywhere until you see that sign posted that says <laughs> speed limit is a limit on that. <laughs> yeah. And so as immediately when the sign goes up, you know you're breaking the law. It says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, and this is the reason for it, that the promise might be sure to everybody. See, when you make it by faith and the grace of God comes upon you to obey the law, then everybody can do it. Then it's open to everybody. And so not only today which are of the law but those which are uh, which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations before, before whom he believed even God who quickens or brings to life the dead and calls those things which be not as though they are. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be so there is here these two opposing forces one a natural force that tells you no and the supernatural force that tells you this is what I've told you and it's still going to happen which one do you want to believe this is what I've told you is going to happen and it will still happen if God told it to you, there's no expiration date. Does God expire? Huh? And he says that he might be become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And, so there is a consider not, a stagger not, and a fully persuaded. 
So that's what's going to have to have. Those steps have to be followed in order for 21 to come to pass that you are fully persuaded. Now fully persuaded has to do with your persuasion all the time in spite of circumstances. There's a partial persuasion. You you feel that God's going to do it when you're uh, in worship and in faith. And then when you come out and see your natural, you know, the devil's at the door telling you, you know, he throws something in your path. And it, what do you consider? So you consider that and then you have to plow through that and you got to think and oh God here's this and is that going to do anything and blah this and blah that. and uh, You know that's not fully persuaded. So the fully persuaded people stagger not, consider not all the time. And if you consider anything else you have to cast it down and get yourself meditate so that you get yourself to the position where you that's all you think about. That's all you believe and that's all you you do. So he says so considered not uh, he considered not really a number of things and we're going to talk about all of those things. Um Ishmael's in our lives are the product of not being fully persuaded that God's going to do it. When you're not fully persuaded, you produce an Ishmael in your life. Now, what does the word consider mean? It it really means to be a spectator of. So a person who's considering something... It's kind of like watching a movie. You're watching this play out. Now think about how you watch. Say like if you there's a movie you're interested in. I'm not talking about you know just having a TV on so you don't hear your own thoughts. <laughs> you know which is nothing wrong with your thoughts if you live with God. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we're so conditioned in this present age to always have something kind of to entertain ourselves but if it's something you're interested in think about how you position yourself you focus on it you have your full attention on it Um, you you follow it you become a part of it in other words you know you can see yourself in that uh, movie or in that situation or in that scenario Um, there are certain certain kinds of people that are more interactive with uh, these things than others. Now, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody or any prejudice to anybody, but black folks watch TV a whole lot different than <laughs> we sit there and talk back to the TV, turn it off, and talk there. Now, wait, did you hear what that? See, the DVR and the stop was made for us. <laughs> Cause we're stuck. Now, do you believe what he just said? Look at that right there. Can you uh, now look what I would tell him was? And then when the soap operas were, you know, were uh, popular, I told her not to do that. <laughs> did I tell you she's gonna? She did it anyway. I told her not to. So there are some people who are more engaged in things than others. <laughs> More animated about them and and uh, more uh, interactive, I guess, bolder and that kind of stuff. But you know, it just depends on how you're persuaded to interact with these things. How much? 
power you give to them. And so it's the same thing with things that go on in our lives. How much power do you give them? How much do you interact with them? And how much do you get involved in them as, as something that gets your attention? Now that doesn't mean anything more than just that. That's just something that I've observed. I don't I didn't grow up in a white household so I couldn't tell you that's not true about white people but I know my peeps and I know what my peeps do they will wreck a movie and wreck a television show or wreck some you sitting there trying to listen to it pay attention and Uncle Bubba got up start preaching to the TV and hmm, it was wrecked it for everybody. So anyway, we we just have to understand that sometimes people can be more engaged in something than others. And it depends on what you decide to give your attention to. It's a personal decision. And so when you decide to give your attention to something, you will give your attention to it. Some people are prone to, and, and this is true in in church circles especially some people are more given over to fault finding in others this is a big problem in churches where people will come and they can be worshiping God and then all of a sudden they'll start to look at something that somebody does that they don't feel is appropriate you understand what I'm saying it's not that God's telling them this is this is something to be concerned with because he's not concerned with our sin. You got me? It's not the main thing he's after with us. Now if it gets to be a problem between us and him, the Holy Spirit is there to convict that person of their wrongdoing. And to move them to repentance and back in faith toward God. That's the whole motive there. But there are people sometimes that want to uh, notice faults. Because their minds have been trained to be suspicious of Christians and they never lost it when they got saved. Got me? So that's a hangover from our unsaved lives where we are. And especially sometimes if that same spirit of fault finding begins to work in that individual. And you will find many times the fault finder that's looking for it in someone else is looking for relief of self-condemnation that works in them. They're they're feeling condemned already in themselves because they don't know how to maintain righteousness before God. This is a big problem for believers because many times they they will feel so condemned and so distant from what they consider to be acceptability that they will live kind of on the fringes of relationship with God just based on that misunderstanding of how to walk with God on a continual basis and so they're very sensitive to finding fault with others so that they can feel some kind of fellowship or kinship with somebody because they're on the outside and they feel they want to pull others out there with them by what they feel is something wrong with people you see and so anytime a person's faults to you are more important than their righteousness there's something wrong with your perception of people there's something wrong you you can't do that with blood-bought people and, and but you know we'll give sinners a pass and be 
uh, easy on sin and fellowship with them and it's because of iniquity within us it, it kind of blinds you and eventually you see yourself fellowshipping with the unbeliever more because you've taken on that unrighteousness you don't know, know how to deal with it and so a daily bloodbath is a good thing you know before you go to bed at night father I thank you that you know my sins of the day are forgiven I thank you Lord to help me get right with so and so and such and such that I had a disagreement with or so and so that I really don't love in my heart and, and you know I, I'm short tempered with that person or I'm impatient with that individual these things are healthy things for believers to do these are not sin conscious things you're not condemning yourself you're making sure that nothing stands between you and God which is the most important thing and so if you can do that and you know how you feel toward people if you're easy to argue with somebody or you get tense when they come in the room or you're anticipating trouble you get a problem the problem that the blood needs to take care of and so we all have that self maintenance to do you know to make sure that when you go to lift up your hands they're holy hands without wrath or doubting when you go to make a prayer that prayer will get answered because you there's nothing standing between there's a brother or sister there and God says don't even give me an offering if you got something against that person but I'm telling you the person who deals in uh, ob- observing faults is going to have a real hard problem getting anything done with God and, and will disqualify themselves eventually from relationship with God because of what they harbor in their hearts. A very immature way to live. You know, kids live like that. But you know, sometimes kids, if you, if, if somebody offers them repentance or, or a change of the way they treat them, they'll just perk up just like that and be just as friendly to you the next minute. And so oftentimes they are quicker to forgive than adults are but we have to understand that these things will hinder uh, our faith because what you consider what's cramming your mind what's the the major part of your thinking is very important in how your faith operates faith operates through love you gotta love people with your mind you can't harbor uh, thoughts about them that God doesn't think about people it's just wrong you, you can't do that you know we'll, 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 we'll cheat ourselves sometimes out of the best relationship with God number one and with people number two and what we consider so you, you can't consider anything dark and sinister about people <laughs> so to, to be considered means to be a spectator or to discern you know I'm looking at this and I see that they're not right (laughs) you know (laughs) you better check yourself or you wreck yourself it means to behold also and to consider to look on it also means to visit you ever have thoughts in your mind that you go back and visit every now and then (laughs) that's what it means it means to visit something and to to voluntarily move yourself into that spot Hmm? to look closely at it also means to take heed to it's like when it calls you answer Hmm? there she is doing that again and you take heed to that and a stare closely at so what we behold we choose on some level if it gets your attention you've made the choice to focus on it on some level 
<coughs> so you can say that seeing is really a matter of choice. Mm-hmm. It's really a matter of choice. It's what you choose in your mind to dwell on. And then oftentimes what you're dwelling on, you have to make a decision or a judgment about it in your heart. Your your heart has to discern how you feel about it. If you if it's something that could could be a divisive issue at some point, you have to consider it a non issue. Because God is not a divider, he's a uniter, especially when it has to do with people in the faith. So he kind of uh, um, unites us in a common faith and a common understanding of who he is. And so things that divide, generally you want to cast those down and not hold up um, uh, divisive or negative differences. Now you can choose to not get involved with things but you can't harbor ill feeling in your heart because that that hatred will turn turn you against what God is trying to do. Your faith won't work through that. So consider to consider something is also to weigh it in one's decision making. How much weight are you going to give to that in making decisions? How much weight do you give to that in making decisions? So if you're going to weigh something in your decision making, then you must weigh it according to God's standard and God's scale. And so if if God tells you, in other words, if you have to decide if you want to accept a dinner invitation with some co-workers and you know, none of them are saved, how much weight are you going to give to that? If, if can you can you find it acceptable before God? Well, God it depends on where they're going. If they're going to a place where it's a family place and no alcohol, that's easy. If they're going to a place that's alcohol, that may cause a little bit of, of concern for you. Well, you're not going to drink. And so if you're not going to drink, then you can stay there and be sober. And when the conversation gets to where you don't want to tolerate it, you can say, okay, it's time for me to go. You got me? So you can always <coughs> weigh things. And make decisions based on how you consider and how much weight you give to those situations. Some things you don't have to weigh very much. You know, if if these people are agreeable people, they're not Christians, but they're agreeable people. And you might see that as an opportunity to be a Christian in their midst. Then then their their being sinners doesn't weigh very heavily. You see, you because your your lifestyle can kind of absorb that, and you can overcome that, and and be a a Christian in spite of. But if you're weak in the faith, and you might get on their level so to speak and not really be a witness and not be able to stand very strong then you better consider not going that kind of thing so these are the things that 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 we do just in normal decision making there are good and bad in most situations there's liabilities there's uh, uh, assets and things and so you have to weigh them in making decisions so Abraham was able to not even not only not weigh certain things in his decision making but he also never even considered them they never had any weight 
in his decision making. And so this is the thing that that's sometimes a little bit harder for us as believers because sometimes the things that we consider seem reasonable to think about. And so you know you got to decide what's reasonable and what are you trying to do? Are you trying to reason things out or are you trying to hold on to your faith in God? See sometimes your considerations can be flat out hindering your faith and you can sense your faith slipping away in what you consider. And so those things you don't even think about. You got to fight even that thought coming to your head. And so these are our decisions that we have to make as believers because if you're going to have the Abraham brand of faith, the Abraham brand of faith didn't even think once about certain things. It never considered these things. Now that is not to say that at some point earlier in his life they weren't weren't considerations for him we all know that he had a son named Ishmael so he must have been considering something in the natural to have done that number one considering the deadness of Sarah's womb he knew she couldn't be the mother and number two considering his age he thought well maybe there's still time for me so they were pushed by a time pressure that God never introduced into the situation so there's something you need to know about God if he promises something to you the time pressure is not there it's never a consideration it's always a faith consideration that's the only thing that God ever considers when Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. It is easier to believe God for the impossible when faith is applied. It's because faith in God becomes the faith of God, which is righteousness. It's right standing before God. So when you put your faith in God, you take on the faith of of God which there's no hindering God's faith when you think like God he doesn't consider anything that's temporary or natural or that he didn't create he only considers what he tells you and what his word says and it's up to you to hold on to it so it's matter of you holding on to what's been delivered to you rather than you trying to do something to help him or to help that or it's something that you it's so hard for you know it's a matter of you holding on to it and not letting go of it and not dropping that and carrying on to its destination so that God can can really give you those things so <clears throat> to consider something we said is to weigh it in your decision making habits are broken or held depending upon what we consider and sometimes our thought patterns are the products of habits we habitually think certain ways when we get in certain situations for instance if if something comes up that causes us to be anxious our minds some people's minds race when they're anxious they start thinking all kinds of thoughts that come in that kind of tell you how to remedy this what do I need to do how am I going to do this who do I have to call what all's involved and so when anxiety comes our thoughts begin to race to try and find a natural remedy 
for the problem or the situation. And so you see that happen to Abraham and Sarah and they produced Ishmael. And so their minds began to get fertile with thoughts of how we're going to do this. God told us he was going to give this to us. But we must have to do something to make that happen. Got me? Instead of have faith in God. What did he tell you? He was going, oh, but yeah, faith without works is dead. Well, that's fine, you know. But they're works that have to do with the situation. They're not here over here. Well maybe I need to give more. Well maybe I need to gossip less. Well maybe I need to talk to somebody. Well maybe I need more prayer. Well maybe I need. That's not works of righteousness. You got me? In righteousness there's one thing at a time that God leads you to do or he tells you to do. And it's a corresponding action to your faith that may look totally disconnected in the natural sometimes the things that we need to do in order to uh, punctuate our faith I would say that are just things that come out of nowhere by the spirit of God that will be prophetic and have some impact in the spirit but they may be totally disconnected from what's going on in the natural one of the things that we do typically as believers is write the vision down make it plain we get a picture of it we start putting it before our eyes all this kind of stuff and meditating on it and that's fine but sometimes there is a corresponding something that we must do that the Holy Spirit leads us to do that dramatizes our faith in the realm of the spirit and some of these things have looked totally disconnected from what's going on in the natural so habits are broken or held depending upon what we consider what makes a friend turn into an enemy depends on what we consider you got me and so if if God is our friend because he gave us that promise make sure that that promise doesn't start beating you up and then God become your enemy now this happens more often than not folks have you ever have you ever prayed with somebody agreed in prayer with them and they were very open about what they were praying for and you were agreeing with them and and you would ask uh, you know every time you sat down to prayer maybe it was your prayer partner you might have prayed with them in here in the meeting and you sat down well how's it going with so and so well you know it's going pretty good and blah 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 and then three months down the line how's it going with so and so you get the cold shoulder you get the eye roll or you just feel the hostility and you don't even want to ask you got me because you know their hearts have gone cold on it so God when it would first came to them and they were excited about it God was their friend now if God reminds them of it it makes them upset and angry so he's their enemy you got me so that thing can flip around very very easily if we're not careful to guard our hearts diligently because out of our hearts issue forth the things that pertain to our life so if what's pertaining to your life is not 
the fruit of the spirit and it's not a blessing anymore and it's turned into a curse and it's turned into a burden you've got to go within and think about what are you considering what are you considering because now somehow the thing that was going to enrich your life is something that's damaging your life you don't want to think about it you don't want to talk about it you don't want anybody bringing it up why is that it's because of what you're considering now See, before you were considering nothing but good. God, you know, it's like, for instance, if you're if you're separated from someone or divorced, when you first start praying, you're so hopeful for the reconciliation. You miss that person, you love that person, you want to get your family back together, etc., etc. But as it as it goes down the road, the enemy will start. Well, he never loved you anyway. Well, look at what he did. He's you know, fault finding can kill a lot of. You know, good intentions and good prayers that we prayed. And so you you and I both know that over a course of time, and this is where your faith is tested. It's tested, uh, you know, in the distance race. It's not tested in the sprint. It's tested in the distance. So the distance race can cause you to consider many things that will come up in your mind and and in circumstances and in all kinds of things the distance how long it's been uh, you know and then you start getting embarrassed because it, God's taken his time with it you know can you imagine such a thing we're ashamed because God's taken his time doing stuff he never promised you it was going to happen next week Three years, five years, whatever kind of years. Truth be told, you're perfectly cool with it, to be honest with you, because you've learned how to make God your friend. But don't make that prayer your enemy. And don't make that promise your enemy. And don't make God your enemy because he still promised you something and it's taking some time for it to come to pass. The Bible says Abraham was a friend of God because he had a covenant with God that he kept. He had a covenant with God that he kept. What's in your covenant that you keep with God? What things do we keep? See we let things slip. And we think that we're still okay because, you know, you still, you, you haven't, you know, we start counting the what I haven't lost list. Well, I'm not sick and I'm not put out. I still got my job. I still got my this. You know. That's a horrible way to live with a friend. You know. Suppose you were married to somebody and you felt you were okay. Well, well I'm st- he didn't change the locks on the door and I'm still getting, he's still <laughs> Understand? Is that pitiful or what? That's pitiful for a human to say nothing about relationship with God. So let's get it together, folks. What we have with God is a vibrant, healthy, trusting friendship, a love relationship with Him, where we anticipate 
good things from him. We anticipate that he's not going to require anything that we're not capable of doing or capable of believing or it won't be too hard for us. We can believe all things are possible because he's our friend and we trust him. So in in understanding that there has to be a conscious decision made I think on the part of all believers to keep that healthy picture of God firmly in your mind or you'll start getting bitter on stuff. You'll start getting cold on stuff. You'll start thinking God's not not something's not fair in your life. He's not treating you right or somehow you know everything that you want never happens for you but it happens for these other people. And that's when you're really going off the deep end because it's it's never that you're singled out for damnation. You're you're not. And in our problem sometimes is the way we think about things. You know your your return in your life is increased or diminished more because of your perception of God than it is about anything. I'm convinced of it. Because I've seen people over the years start at gung-ho for God. And then, 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 then things enter in. Huh? The parable of the seed. You know, the kind of yield that you get. What comes up, things come up and choke the word. The cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, the considerations, other things that you consider other than the word will come in and choke the word off. The parable about the the talents. All these people were handed talents according to their ability to start out with. All God wants, he doesn't care if your ability is to win 10,000 or to win one. Just be faithful with with that little bit you have. You know, the guy with the 10,000 has a lot of weight on his shoulders. And the guy with the one has the same weight because they all got to pass the faithfulness test. And so the the guy that hid the talent did it because his perception of God was wrong. He said, I knew you 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 sow where you're not fair. Right, right. You reap where you don't sow. You just take stuff from people. And that's what he said about God, about his master. And and God said, Well well yeah, that is true. If that's true, why didn't you go out and make me some money anyway? You see, no matter what you think about me, your role is to get out there and invest what I gave you. Still are responsible to obey me and what I told you to do. And see, people feel that when they find somebody who isn't faithful or who's got flaws or who's got problems, then they don't have to respect them and don't have to obey them. Big mistake. Big mistake. Because you do have to respect you do have to obey. You do have to honor that relationship. I don't care who's your boss and who's over you. You're going to have to to go ahead and do what's commanded of you to do anyway. Because see, that's just an easy, that's such an easy way out of everything. 
well you know so and so they're not fair to people and they, they don't talk to you right so we don't have to do so and so and such and such well if your relationship with them where they're over you I know tons of bosses that don't do everything right but they do their job right <laughs> they're doing something right to stay on and nobody's going to hear you if you tell them you don't do your job because you, you don't think they're doing their job right that even sounds crazy to people you get fired so quick for that kind of nonsense <laughs> we hired you to be faithful we gave you a job to do I don't care who your boss is you still got to do your job and so that's that perception of God's character is extremely important in our faith and our success in our faith and God will test us to see how well we hold up under all of these kinds of pressures and so really the Abraham brand simply means you hold on to the brand no matter what comes against you you hold on to the brand no matter who speaks into your ear you hold on to the brand no matter what you think about who's working with you or who's working over you or what situation has come against you what it what was taken from you how you were treated unfairly you still got to hold on to the brand isn't that what Joseph did? I can't think of a person who was more persecuted by people. Just because he was loved by his father, he's hated by everybody else. You know, uh, and he probably needed to be loved by somebody. You understand? We all need that. But they hated him because he was loved and mistreated him. But he was the one being tested to hold on to his faith in God and trust God anyhow you know and he was distracted he considered other things when he saw his his God had promoted him and, and he was in charge of things in the prison you know it's, this is okay but I'm still not free I still want to get out of here you know even though I've got every comfort here and I can do what I want to do I, I still want to get out of here everybody wants to have that freedom here they don't want to settle for less so that's the God part of him speaking to want to want to get free but the methods you use that's that's what makes it different the character that's reflected in the methods you use and so he <clears throat> gifted by God and the gift comes on him to interpret dreams and and he's distracted knows that this gift is meaningful he knows that what kind of doors it can open the power it's a, a bad thing to to want some of the glory of God for yourself and that's what he was doing he was stealing siphoning off the glory off the gift and told the whichever one of them guys was going to survive the, I don't know if it was a cook or the baker or whoever it was but one of them was going to survive and he said well you know remember me when you get in front of the king and the guy totally forgot him so he and he stayed forgotten for two years until God brought his name up you see those things character development is important to God he's not going to put us in charge of much if we're going to be self-promoters if you're a self-promoter to start you're going to have to finish up self-promoting it's, it's hard you know it, it's, you're going to have a lot of adversity come against you where certain things you will lose because people don't aren't wanting to trust you anymore in the self-promotion yes it's a hard thing in the ministry 
to try and begin and end that way and so it it takes a toll on you you know you see people drop out or backslide or something like that because it's just is a hard job you know that self-promotion is a hard thing to do so anyway God has called us though to not consider certain things so there'll be opportunities to consider what's going on in the natural there's tons of them so one of the things that we cannot consider are offenses and wrongs done to us that's just the basic foundation of Christianity what makes us Christians is our command and demand to forgive and to be forgiving and let the love of God flow be shed out abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit if there's unforgiveness there that love is not shed out what people meet is a wall of self-centeredness pride all that kind of stuff hinders the flow of the love of God so if we do that if we don't consider wrongs done to us we can therefore keep our friendship with God and with man and in forgiveness there is the decision not to consider the offense and give weight and power to it so when you're offended you make the decision not to let it stay in your mind you make the decision not to consider it and some people have a tougher fight than others some people want to compartmentalize everything so they can have this false comfort or false peace about themselves you know it's like in the old days when you when you were a kid if there were some kids were were aggressive and so we pigeonhole them they're mean some kids you know were always you know giving you stuff or talking nice well they're nice so we gravitate toward what has that pleasant label in our minds and we separate ourselves from those that have the tough label well now we got two labels and we got to slot people into one or the other so then you're in 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 uh miss fenton's class and she talks rough just like some of the other so she's mean but you've got to learn from her so you can't there's is now there's a conflict here you have to be drawn to her so that you can learn but your mind's telling you to separate and stay away because you've labeled her she's fallen to the category mean category with the other mean people in your life and so this is the conflict that we have folks as people as human beings we are we want this this false peace that we carry based on our own standards and credentials where we put people into these categories and slot them and suffer because we can't break out of that mold and thinking and so we we distance ourselves from certain individuals based on some phony idea we have about their worth you know mean people aren't worth very much you don't have to listen to them you don't have to talk nice to them you don't have to do it you just stay away and if they say something to you you can be mean to them because it's okay because they're already in a negative category you see what i'm saying when you come into the kingdom though you're not allowed to do that because what God will show you is that you will miss 90% of what is slated for your life 
because you have an enemy out here who knows how you think and knows how you he's all he's already trained you to deposit people into categories and so if he can keep that prominent you know he'll stir you up to be more alert to certain people because they've got something on them that you've already decided isn't worth anything you don't like it so he'll have you consider to a heightened degree these kinds of things on a continual basis you'll find that the person that you know always speaks pleasant to you it seems like they always need something from you amen and so you find that these people are kind of expensive to have as friends they never have enough money for this they always want to borrow that they always are talking about what they're praying for and they look at you as though you're the answer like you're God you're the one who's supposed to supply it to them and so because you've relaxed yourself to get comfortable in the natural you're not discerning by the spirit you go through life misjudging misapplying misusing resources mistaking who was there for you and all this kind of stuff you really are afraid to say no to that nice person because you've seen that they got a bad side too see and you don't want that turned on you because you're so programmed to want to be around certain kinds of people all of this has nothing to do with Christianity and the promises of God. But it will shock you how many Christians live like this. And they never explore what God's commandments toward not, not noticing offenses and not picking them up. See every time you pick up an offense you've dropped God. You dropped his hand and you picked up a familiar hand. Because you're considering the wrong things. Well Abraham never considered anything like that. He didn't consider old Tom down the road. That, that you know never wanted his, his cattle over. And his. he just built a bigger fence for his cattle and kept living. When he did that with, with uh, Lot his nephew. So if he had that wisdom. In how to live peaceably. How to get an answer from God. And live peaceably with all men you can do it too and I can do it too we can find a way to live peaceably with everyone so that righteousness will be maintained in our lives and our faith will work and we can get what God promised us which is success in everything we set our hands to you can't compromise just for some crazy little idea that you've always held on to that you know how to judge people it's crazy you don't need to judge anything but trust God he knows how to help you to work with people how to discern their strength and their weaknesses how to you to relate to them and all of those things you don't have to be afraid of anybody you can just go forth in, in, in life and confidence in God so what we consider gains weight and power due to the attention we give it make sure your attention is towards strength and not weakness your attention should be given to things not based on what you fear and your insecurities but based on confidence in God it takes discipline so what the Abraham brand of faith does not consider these are the consider nots in verse 18 it says he hoped against hope when you do that there is a natural hope that everybody has 
We all know when we're young and when we're vital we can bear seed. We can have children. So young people can have children and a bunch of them. Because there's a bunch of them now being had by younger people. It's almost a game with some of them. They don't consider that this is a God, uh, God-ordained ability, and it should be taken seriously before God, prayerfully before God. It's not about having something to love or having what your friends have or having what everybody else has, but it's about uh, participating. In a command of God to be fruitful and multiply. Like God gave us that command. So you've got to consider God in these things folks. They, they will not be successful without considering God. So he hoped against hope because when he was younger his hope was in natural things. Now that hope is gone but you are not to go away hopeless. You have to believe that there was hope there at one time. So now you're hoping and that natural hope is your enemy now and not your friend. You got me? So what was once a help to you is now a hindrance only if you consider it. Only if you consider it. What makes you not consider it is that you have a promise from God and not that there's, you're not, you don't have anything substantial. Faith has substance and weight to it so you have something to press against that that natural hope with because there's substance and there's power in God's faith and he's told you that he's going to you're going to bear children anyway so if you're hoping in God it has to push against what's natural because the natural is now against you so your youth strength and ability are gone these are the things that give natural faith the edge when that's when you don't have that natural faith edge anymore, if you're gonna if you're gonna still get something, you've got to go against that natural hope. So he had to stop this natural hope from working against his faith in God. Natural hope always works against faith in God. If God's promised you the same thing that you can get in the natural, you've got to drop one. You can't hold on to both of them. It's best to drop natural hope period if you know what's good for you because you'll get to this crossroads over and over and over again. When we put our faith in what God says in spite of what we see we stop natural hope from working and working against us. So if you will believe God in spite of that phrase has got to be your friend in spite of in spite of then you hope against hope the sure promises are those that we receive by faith not by natural means if you're depending on natural say for instance if you uh, if you have children natural children they're going to be subject to natural laws if that faith is never transferred over into God and it can be it can be at any time you can transfer your faith over into God people do it all the time for instance if you if your natural faith got your children when you were a childbearing age so to speak that child gets sick and there's no cure what are you going to do 
You can't just run from doctor to doctor to doctor because there's no cure. So that's not going to work. So that natural hope in itself begins to disintegrate. And that begins to help you to believe for what you can't see. See when people say well the doctor tell me there's no cure for me. Well you're in a good spot. See I learned how to get confidence to tell people that. Because we don't have to worry about you putting your faith in something that's not going to work anymore. You're like the woman with the issue of blood. She ran out of money so she couldn't go back to the doctor. So she had to trust God. And she found that she had the ability to trust God just like she trusted in doctors. Your faith will work in either kingdom. And it works well in both. It works even better in God's kingdom if you keep it over there. And don't keep moving it around. When you move it around it weakens. If you keep it over there it's strengthened. So the Abraham brand calls things that be not as though they are. But not in a pretending or deceptive way but in the faith of God. You will have an unction to speak about these things. God actually sees these things completed. So he's speaking of what he knows and what he sees. It's real to him. And so it can be real to us if we'll give ourselves over to the faith of God. So as far as as God's concerned it's a done deal. With us it's not done because we haven't seen it. But if we will train ourselves to stay focused on the faith of God we see it like he sees it you'll eventually see it the same way God does if you keep your faith trained in that realm so strong faith or faith in God does not consider natural strength or natural weakness it has no confidence in the flesh's ability to hinder the will of God. So it says Abraham considered not his own body now dead. It, he, didn't have, he didn't think once about the fact that he was too old to have children. So the Abraham brand of faith does not play up somebody else's ability to stop what God has for you. In other words so it's the people factor that always has to be dealt with when you're dealing with the God kind of faith now we can say we believe God but if somebody comes up and tells us that they're not going to we can't get that application approved and we can't get that credit card we can't get this and get that we consider it we consider it because these people have power Abraham used to consider Sarah's never having been able to conceive. Now he's got to consider he he can't either. You got me? So the people factor has to die if you're going to have faith in God. You can't put faith in people's ability to stop what God has for you. It's always going to be there. You, your mind can drift over to that. For instance if you have a boss and you need a raise. If that boss gets bigger than God you don't get a raise. You got me? Because the people factor has to not be considered. All you got to consider. You can't consider what they told you about the budget. You That can't be a factor if you're going to have faith in God. How are you going to focus on that? And, and getting what God wants. You can't. You have to believe one or the other. So these people 
factors have to that, that's going to be your biggest problem that's the thing the enemy will use more than anything is people's words people's assumed power people's ability people's this people's that that's why that's why the devil uses you know in in uh, situations where he wants to break up a marriage he always uses somebody else he uses a third person that's stupid enough to want what belongs to somebody else I mean if, if, if they can't stay faithful to who they're married to what makes you think but he uses it anyway and if you're believing God to be reconciled you can't consider who he's living with you can't consider who he likes or she likes or any of that nonsense if you're looking for reconciliation they have to be a non-factor that they have to be a non-factor for you to have peace in your life you know if that person you do reconcile if that that spouse the the person they left you for was ever a consideration and somehow they come back you can't make it a still a consideration because you won't have any peace in your you you got to get rid of that people factor bosses governments spouses children whenever you go to do something for god well what i don't know my kids i got my kids to look out for if god told you to do something he'll do something with them kids too them little ruffians will you know put them somewhere you know depending upon their age but he'll take care of them little them little straight shooters Uh so the people factor it's got to be dealt with because that the enemy will use it somebody will jump up to tell you no when you were all primed for yes you had your faith out there you were believing God and I got this this is mine I know I have it this is belongs to me and then somebody says no so that God will show you he, you can't hype yourself up and believe this it's got to come from your heart your heart has to be total confident in me and when people tell you something other than that then you've got to make up your mind do you believe man or you believe God well you believe the report of the Lord you believe what man says so strong faith or faith in God does not consider natural strength or weakness for Abraham and Sarah was natural weakness because they couldn't conceive naturally for for people who are trying to get through governments and, and bureaucracies and all that it's it's natural strength so natural weakness will be against you natural uh, strength will be against you but you can't consider either one of them if your faith is in God you need to tell yourself he's the God of all flesh and nothing's too hard for him he can cause even my enemies to be my footstool they'll bow to me at some point so it'll be the people factor that's gonna gonna drive us if we're not careful how much power do we give humans to hinder the will of God in our lives we give our loved ones more power because we don't want to breach a relationship that we don't have anyway we're just fooling ourselves you got me your relationship you know if you're a parent you'll always be a parent 
You mean close distance, speaking, not speaking, whatever. But that relationship apparent will always be there. So the devil can't do anything with that. The Abraham brand of faith does not consider human strength or weakness. The other thing that you can't consider is your own weakness. Hmm? Your own or somebody else's. Oh, is my faith strong? Did I hear from God? Maybe I didn't hear from him right. You know what that does? What what the enemy wants to do. You know the Bible says everything you set your hand to will prosper and not fail. And what that does is it, it makes your hands halting so you don't want to set your hand to anything. So if the devil can get you to back out up and not even try. Then he's got you. Because the Bible says everything you set your hands to will prosper and not fail. Everything. If you're setting your hand to uh, taking care of your kids, that'll prosper and not fail. If you set your hand to having an education, a, a job, that'll be everything you set your hand to will prosper. Well, did God tell me to do it? Well, what are, are you stealing from somebody? Are you murdering somebody? Come on now. We're talking about normal things that people do we're not talking about anything illegal or immoral if you're doing that stop doing it and go do something that's legal so God can prosper your hands but don't be halting in your going forward you got me just keep pressing forward if you're doing something wrong God will correct you he's big enough to correct you so our own weakness our inability is not considered in the faith of Abraham it can't be this this is the faith that obtains the promises for us we all have opportunities to hope against hope and not consider these things that stand in the way of natural faith so your natural faith natural faith is who you know and what you know in in just relying on that not waiting for God to direct you to where that source and that supply is see you'll have to somebody will have to help you in this life but it can't be the person that's nice to you all the time kind of thinking you know from our example earlier uh, you that person you can call that person ask them anything because they talk nice to you well they're just a hypocrite because they really are sick of you and don't know how to tell you and so at some point that's going to be revealed to you their true feelings so just start trusting God you know all the way down the line God I don't know who's the person who's the answer for my situation but I know that you are going to help me I know that you're going to help me. I don't know who has the answer, but I know you're going to get somebody here if I need somebody to help me. And before you know it, somebody shows up. If he has to send an angel, he'll send an angel, but he's got some help for you because he is he's promised you got a covenant of of him helping you. The other thing that can hinder you are words of advice from others. The plan B. That plan is always offered to us. Always. We are given ideas to help ourselves along and not be governed by God's laws of faith. The arm of flesh works against the faith of God. And it is contrary to the will of God for us. 
Even though the arm of flesh can do the same thing you think that God can do. Uh, a lot of things that we can do on our own. <clears throat> and we're so inclined. But if you're a servant of God and you humble yourself to his hand. You don't want to make these decisions to step out on your own. You won't have the strength to sustain what you're doing. The other thing that will hinder us is fear of the future. I'm too old. Causes you to walk away from your faith. That was just something I threw in there that I think. You know, that was my my brain reflecting. But it'll shock you how quickly people are too old for certain things. I've heard young people say things like well get an education because I didn't get one I'm thinking you ain't but 20 what's your problem you, you see what I'm saying so in, in people who are, are rushed to get married to find that's the worst mistake you can ever make oh my goodness you know I'd see the devil rejoicing when he can get somebody pressured in that area because you're stuck with that person till you die or they die and if you want to hasten that process, then you need to go pray somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? You're really on the wrong road then. But, you know, it, it can be like a death sentence to people. Because people who are really unhappy feel that they're losing their life and losing their, their choices. And then they'll do something hasty to want to, you know, they usually walk off and leave them, divorce them or something like that. But they'll want their freedom back when they make a bad choice in that direction. But so many people see the milestone years, you know, 25, the fives, 25, 30, 35, you know. And by the time they're 25, many of them think they're too old. You know why? Because they consider what they see around them. They look around them and see other married people. How old are you? This first thing, you know, when people start quizzing each other like that, they're on the wrong road. You need to be talking to God about who you're going to marry. And talk to on a regular about that. And, you know, getting yourself primed for that, you know. Making sure that you, you love people. That's always a good training ground for marriage is learning how to love people. You know, and wanting to make them comfortable around you, all that kind of stuff. You getting comfortable around other individuals, all of that. That's, you know, learning how to cook and clean and make a comfortable surrounding, make other people comfortable around you and not tense. You know, I said, man, I'd be glad when I get out of here. You know, no water, no <laughs> no water for my feet, as Jesus said. <laughs> Simon, you show me no hospitality. It's the first law of, of oversight in the house of God is be given to hospitality. And so and, and it should be an easy thing for us. You know why? Because that's how covenants are formed. That's how friendships are formed through hospitality. How do they get to know you and get comfortable around you if you don't ever invite them in and offer them anything? And so this is, this is something that's very, very important. So faith in God takes care of our future. He has a future for us. And we have to stay connected to him in our faith in order to walk in that future. So the fear of the future, I'm too old, I'm getting too old, it's passed me by, will I ever, is anybody out there, is anybody love me, does anybody care about me, am I going to find the one, my true love, my hero, my shero, whatever. 
So all those questions, see, those are questions that, that come from the natural side, from natural considerations. That you can't consider stuff like that and know that you're in the will of God. It's got to be a total trust thing. And if you find that you don't trust God with your future, you don't trust him with future companionship or future marriage or anything like that, you've got to stop considering. Because the enemy will put your foot in a snare. That uh, there's some kind of another little investigative show. I watch all those on ID Network. That's who the bleep did I marry? Yeah. Where these people, they think they've got Prince Charming and wrapped up in a package and pretty soon he got two identities and well I thought he was a salesman out of town so he gone for three months what kind of money did he bring back that's the first thing I asked if the money don't well, you, it take three months to do well that's a pretty nice toe see ya but see if, if the brother don't come back with three months worth of green then you gotta start questioning what he doing when you ain't around him it's amazing some of these people have the time to to have a whole nother family three or four marriages and stuff like that and you thought that was the one because you got winded and dinded see imagination that's what it is the devil will find somebody to play into your imagination and then they you get carried away in your own mind with these things so this fear of the future you know when's it going to happen for me will hasten people to make hasty decisions and the last thing he didn't didn't consider was his distrust in God everybody's got a little bit of it that works in them at some point where you have to fight that and finally lay it all down and and really what distrusting God it hits us in a subtle way it makes it sound like we're questioning ourselves did God really say that did I hear him right see what that really is is a bad reflection on God promising you something you're just trying to make it sound nice by acting like you're owning up to responsibility to it did he really say well is it in the word is it a promise in the word of God well do you believe it or not is really the whole thing and if you believe it that's a yes and an amen by you to what God has what he offers everybody did he give it to somebody sitting next to you or somebody that you've seen given a testimony then that means it's for you if you believe it you understand what I'm saying and maybe he didn't really mean that why is it taking so long Hmm? so you can see Abraham and Sarah were never late in anything God promised them they were on time with God they had Isaac on time even though they were well advanced in years they had him on time so what does time depend on nothing but your faith in God because God brings time with him when you believe God and he receives something that he promised you you have ample time to raise it you got ample time to nourish it you got ample time to love it you got ample time to grow bored with it to kick it out of the house and reconcile and bring it back in the house again you got ample time for all of those things that go with normal life and living because God is the master of time he doesn't bring things to people out of time so when he brought Isaac to Abram and Sarah 
Sarah lived until Isaac was pretty much an adult but then Abram she passed away and Abram lived on and had more children so when God turns on a person's body to reproduce it's turned on folks I mean it, there's no turn off on it until they die if, if that's what they're believing God for and so when the Abraham brand of faith puts you in the place where God is in vision in understanding in faith in confidence it it puts you in his place it is the faith of God it's not human faith anymore but it's a faith that considers not so many things that you might consider if you were depending upon natural ability but because it's supernatural it causes you at the end of the day if you look up and say you know what God I still believe you I spent this whole day in doubt and in fear and listening to people and, and considering that this will never happen to me but you know what I repent I still forgive I still believe you and I still am trusting you to bring it to pass for me amen amen father in heaven we thank you for the ability to believe to hope against hope and consider not those things that we would consider in the natural and we thank you Lord that we are beyond natural considerations in all things in Jesus name amen praise God amen if you need prayer